Hi, I'm Mel, and this is Jamie, the splash of crayon to my orange juice. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Boo Crime. Hi guys, we are back, and if you don't know what back means, it's because you haven't listened to episode one of us covering Ari Aster's Midsommar. Yeah, don't start with this episode. So if that's the case, go back, please. Um, But yeah, we did break it up just for, uh, you know, certain listening preferences, and uh, yeah, we're ready to jump right back into it. Let the festivities begin. The festivities have begun, and the spirits are back to the dead. We now are meeting a new character in the story, a redhead whose name is Maya, and uh, Mm -hmm. she's checking herself out in the mirror, you know, making sure she looks good. Uh, We'll come back to this, you know, we'll we'll meet her a few more times. And this is the first time we get introduced to the fun breathing techniques that the Harga people um, seem to demonstrate a lot. And I put a little audio in here, but I think after we listen to it, I think me and Mel could probably tie it too. So let's just jump into that. (gasps) (gasps) Oh, we're so like, like every time now I'm like, I need to just a nice shot of oxygen to the old rusty brain. That is my go-to. I like when I watch Midsommar, I will do that for a little while after until like I forget but it's definitely something that just causes you to have to like stop and be in the present which is definitely actually very good for you and like you know I think that the Arga people really know about self-care like I'm just putting it out there I mean breathing techniques are a thing that are so common I know that a lot of people do yoga focusing Mm -hmm. on your breathing uh They always are sure to remind you to completely empty your lungs to get everything fresh in there, doing dragon breaths, which is kind of like the breathing that they do in Harga. I think that there's a lot of benefits to having oxygen as human beings, so they're not wrong. Definitely. This here, too, is also probably one of my favorite parts of the movies. This is whenever the music starts to really kick off. And I think that oh, this yeah. is going to get you into the mood to get back into Midsommar. So here we go. That was fun. Okay, so there is dancing, there is games going on. Um, all the outsiders are kind of, you know, mingling around. But like, we have mm-hmm. our like main core of people, which are, you know, our four plus we have uh, Connie and her partner. What was this? Simon. Simon. Simon joining in. They're kind of coming over with their glasses of beer. Everybody's dancing around. Um, the girls are kind of like all holding hands, like a giant snake, we should say, and. As they go by our group of characters, 
uh, Christian gets like a little kick in the ass as he's sitting on the ground. And whenever we look up, we see that it is Maya, the redhead, who was checking themselves out. And she's given them a cute little look from across the field. Jamie, <laughs> my notes are in all caps here. I'm like, the redheaded girl kicks Christian during the line dance. And I'm like, why is I got my mind set on you by George Harrison not gently playing in the background right now? I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set on you. So Danny totally noticed. And like not just two seconds ago, somebody asked like, you know, like, can anybody join in? And somebody was pressuring Danny. Hey, why don't you go join those girls? And she was like, oh, oh I don't know. Man. I don't feel that comfortable. And she was given off that I'm a little shy vibes. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. what better time for Christian to say, I'm going to go join in now that he's been kicked in the ass by the redhead. And he just totally gets up and abandons Danny and goes to dance with everybody. Um, I can't and doesn't believe even it. Bring her like, you know, a nice boyfriend would have been like, Danny, come on, it'll be fun. Let's go. And then bring her with you. You don't just leave her there. But anyways, Danny, you love this song. Like, come on, babe. Like, let's like, let's go cut the rug. Like, let's get our dance moves on. Summer festival, like 2019. No, he's just straight up scrambles, get off, gets off of their little uh, picnic blanket or whatever. They're sitting around and just leaves her in the dust like a snake. I also just want to mention that Maya looks like she's 15 years old. Oh, that's why my my trigger is light cultish teenage stalking because yeah yeah <laughs> for sure so anyways all of the horny boys get up and start dancing actually okay. probably i think just all of them get up to dance minus <laughs> minus danny but who stays behind with danny our lovely pele and mm. pele's got a gift for danny a happy birthday drawing oh i can't and he makes sure to remind her i mean a certain somebody might have forgot Yeah, you know, like her boyfriend. (laughs) Her boyfriend, Christian. Well, actually, she mentions that Christian forgot, but I mean, we know Pele knew that. Like, we know he he took his moment to remind her, too. Yeah. Yeah. Danny forgot to tell him. um, So that was actually her fault, is what she says. So there's that internalized guilt in there. How dare Christian forget? No, Danny should have told him it was her birthday. I I should have reminded him it's actually my fault he forgot my birthday, Um, but he didn't forget how to dance in a line with the beautiful redheaded teenager now it's time to go to where our, we'll all be sleeping during this mm-hmm. fine uh festivities and it is a amazing house but you know we have to take a little stroll to get there and mm-hmm. uh as we're taking our stroll we have some awkward conversations happening with our friend ingmar how he t- he's telling everybody how he met connie and simon and how he had dated connie previous to her and simon getting together which she points out that they went on one single date it's and so awkward it's very awkward very cringe but you know what probably not that cringy because he's officiating their upcoming nuptials apparently <laughs> he's, eh. he was so proud about the fact that he was dating connie before and she's like actually mate no like we went on one date like just completely calls him out he's like oh okay, i guess you're that's right yeah but now i'm i'm gonna be the priest at your wedding 
Yeah. And then one of my favorite parts of the movie, as they're just kind of going into the house, they walk by a bear in a cage. Nobody Mm -hmm. says anything, but you can kind of silently hear right at the end somebody go, so nobody's going to say anything about the bear? Yeah, we're just going to ignore that bear then? Like, And then we completely ignore the bear. We never hear about the bear for for some time. Some time. It, it takes a little bit to go back there. So yes, we completely just ignore that poor little baby bear. Um, but I mean, high foreshadowing, that's fine. Bookmark it. But before we get to the lovely sleep houses that Jamie mentioned, we pan almost like a break in our film another tapestry. I can't remember if it's Pele or Ingmar, but they call it a love story. But let me walk you through it. Now we pan this tapestry from right to left. And I feel like that's something that they do a little bit. I don't know if it's to confuse you about the passage of time as we will we'll run into this theme a couple times in the movie where time is just flying by. What day Mm -hmm. is it? You know, Mm -hmm. so I feel like that might be a call out to that. But This is how the tapestry goes. Girl, heart eyes at boy. Girl looks suspicious and paranoid while picking flowers. The girl puts those flowers under her pillow and dreams of them together. A new day happens. Girl spreads vagina open and trims pubes with scissors. Girl puts pubes in a mixing bowl. Girl pisses blood in a cup on the floor. Girl feeds the pube soup and blood cup to the boy. Boy becomes hypnotoad. Girl gets pregnant and they get married. Oh, that's a beautiful rendition of the tapestry. (laughs) I just needed to call it like it was. And you guys can just put little pins in each of those scenes as you see them. uh, Because like all of the tapestries in the movie, it's going to come up again. Mm -hmm. We get to the lovely sleep house. It's a giant open concept farmhouse loft where everybody will be sleeping. And I feel like this would be like, what, 5K a night on Airbnb? Something like that. Oh, geez. Oh, for sure. Josh is astounded by the art inscription on the walls. It's like a hipster Sistine Chapel, honestly. And (laughs) Pele goes on to describe that there's actually like rules to sleeping in in the community. So the younger gen sleep here until they turn 36. Then they move into the laborer's house. And when Josh asks why 36, Pele goes on to explain that they think of life like seasons. Spring is until you're 18. The pilgrimage is until 36, which is summer. The working age is 36 to 54, which is fall, and 54 to 72, you are considered a mentor. Danny asks what happens at 72, and Pele smiles at her. But don't worry, we'll find out what happens when you're 72. It's not far off. Well, he does kind of hint to it whenever he takes his finger across his neck. But that's all I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Josh mentions that there's actually not a lot of privacy. And Mark so eloquently in his own way asks, what do you do when you have to jerk off? I'm so sick of him. You understand? So Danny must be sick of him too because she walks over to a wall where she finds a beautiful portrait of photographs of what we learn are the May Queens. And this was a huge Wicker Man moment for me, especially the one with Nick Cage. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody has seen that, but – uh, there's a beautiful little fight scene where Nick Cage, dressed as a bear, literally karate kicks a woman into the wall of uh, May Queen portraits. It's quite lovely. <laughs> I love that. But Danny overhears uh, Pele talking to Christian from her little wall of May Queens, and he is visibly stressing. Like he's running his hands over his face and hair, and we can kind of hear Pele reminding Christian of the forgotten birthday. 
And Mm-mm. Danny then decides to interrupt. She asks him about the wall photos and Pele basically just says, you guys are going to be here for this event. It's essentially a dance competition. Winner gets crowned May Queen. Super cool stuff. And we hear Christian then sheepishly ask Danny to come meet him outside with what I call sad birthday. Uh, I just cringed at this moment so hard at his attempt to do anything birthday related for his girl. We also see in the background, I don't know if you caught this, I'm sure you did, but yeah. Our red-haired girl and a group of women are cradling a baby, mm-hmm. and they're rocking back and forth soothing in unison, it. soothing it, but as a group. And yes. I feel like this is one of the first moments we're seeing of the women acting together almost like, I don't, I don't even there know. Is, it, there is a big sense of, yeah. definitely a sense of community and of like kinship amongst everybody, like a, it takes a village kind of vibe which mm-hmm. we do hear a little bit more about f whenever we meet a little baby later at the dinner table yes. one of the uh, people are like where's his mom and they're like oh she's on her pilgrimage it actually is best whenever after the woman has her baby she goes because then they don't form such a tight bond because we all raise the kids together so this kind We're of all the family shows yeah. our first little taste of how close they all are which is like it's it's beautiful weird to people I'm sure if you were to see it you'd be like why is everybody like together doing these things but in re- reality I mean that that's pretty pretty cute I like 100% and it's like yeah it might it, it is a beautiful thing but it is strange to see everybody moving together like mm-hmm. I get it but I mean it's also yeah she's a bit strange but anyways uh, we notice him he peeps little redhead also before handing Danny the most pathetic cake I've ever seen. He is singing happy birthday. He's failing to light the candle while also being like, you didn't think I forgot, did ya? Like, it's just so fucking awkward. I wrote in my notes, sad B-Day cake is the saddest (laughs) cake of all cakes. Fuck Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Christian. No, fully. And he's apologizing, but Danny says, you know what, like, no probs. Stop. Just stop. And she blows out the candle as he's looking over to the redhead. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got his eyes set. So, you know what, the sun is beginning to set at the end of but not really not really this day <laughs> the sun is maybe just a little bit lower in the sky but everyone is getting ready for bed they're drawing the shutters of the sleeping cabin you hear a baby crying and the danny sees the ladies putting a pair of scissors under its pillow which like i didn't see a tapestry for whatever the fuck that is so i won't even go into it i know i tried to pay attention for the rest of the movie just being like um where the she hi- I-, I thought you know because we just saw the tapestry with the pubes i thought i was like <laughs> is she hiding the scissors she's going to use later under the baby like maybe she's not allowed to have scissors because (laughs) i'm actually choking (laughs) listen if it's not on the tapestry are we even going to talk about it yeah the scissors under the pillow were strange i wish i knew what they were you know what you know what okay this is me going into like my brain and into like some symbolism but you know how after, like I just said, at the dinner table, they talk about how they separate the mother and baby so there isn't too oh, strong of a bond. Cutting the Scissors cord. Scissors are often used in cutting the cord in a yes. ceremony. So symbolically, Jamie. maybe that's what the scissors are for. I swear to God, your beautiful, brilliant brain. I could just kiss the inside of your skull. That was so good. <laughs> just the Thank inside. Okay. 
Anyways, back to the beautiful sleeping slumber we're going to get. Pele is actually excited about tomorrow. He says it's a big day. Everybody ought to get their beauty rest. And Josh inquires what tomorrow is. But I mean, like, Josh, you're supposed to be the expert. Pele ends up telling him it's the first day of the big ceremonies. It's called Arestupa. It's too hard to actually explain so everyone will get a better sense tomorrow. But Josh being our expert, our resident expert on this culture, he exclaims in disbelief, like, how can this, like, even, like, this is really happening? How can this ceremony even go down? And Christian is like, wait, 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 like, you know what it is. And Danny asks if it's scary. And Josh just smiles at both of them and goes to sleep. So... Josh seems to know a little bit of something that they don't know. So it's morning. I mean, it's always been morning, but it's morning again. And we jump. Yeah, it's sunny the whole time, everybody, in case you didn't it's get It's sunny that yet. every day. Exactly. The, what it's they, midsummer. Yeah, it's midsummer. It's what do they call it? Like the, the evening sun, the eternal sun. All of that's happening. It's We don't really get too much night, but it's beautiful. It's a clear day. Breakfast tables are being set with that gorgeous yellow temple in the background that everybody saw on the way in and the visitors and the villagers are all getting ready to be seated we get another brief mark moment of him just being weird like the girls are they not picking flowers and he just makes a comment about them just mark but abella ends up being rung and the two elderly the elders that we saw at the intro ceremony they walk to the head of the table in some blue robes and it doesn't matter who you are watching this film like even if you have no idea what is going on you can tell they're important because they are the only other people dressed other than our outsiders who are dressed in something different everybody else is in the typical white linen that we've been seeing all movie but they seem to be in some grayish blue robes so clearly they're important and they're also sitting on blue chairs oh yes yes intricate beautiful chairs which also seems to be a color that pops out yellow and blue are mm -hmm. the main focus colors and also the colors of the swedish flag yeah. Oh, hi there. Hi there. Okay. Res you are the you are the expert. Josh asks Pele if those are the ones, and Pele says yes. And Josh really does seem to be the only person following what is happening here. And this is another choice that I think was made, like where we aren't getting too much clarity on what's happening with our village. The subtitles are have been chosen to be cut out. Translations are keeping us in the dark, almost like we're the outsiders too. We're mm -hmm. getting the sense of being separated. We're confused. We're only getting bits where we can manage with pictures, almost like we're there kind of trying to figure the whole thing out, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love yes. being kept in the dark. So the same. So we get a beautiful overhead shot. The table is actually set up in a rune shape. I had to look this up. And the rune is called Othala, and it means homeland as well as inheritance, legacy, greater peace, and heaven on earth. Is that foreshadowing anything? We're going to have to see. <laughs> we also get a shot of the redhead girl, Maya, and she's carving some sort of artifact before we end up panning back to the head of the table where our two in blue starts singing a beautiful song I'm going to include a little sound clip right here.
we actually just did it while it was happening. Just saying. <laughs> it's true. Are we the elders? Yes. <laughs> it is so intense because they, they're so good with the sound in this movie by keeping everything silent and it's so deep and clear, their voices. So yes. everyone stands silently. They cheers the air. They take shots. Another huge theme of the movie. And our two in blue are then carried away in their chairs and everybody else follows. They are very somber looking. I just want to point that out. Oh, yeah. There's 100%. No, not, nobody seems to be particularly excited about this meal. Excited about today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. We might say that they're singing and cheersing, but it those things sound like happy things and they look a little bit shook. It's a little bit more like, yeah, like ritualistic. Mm -hmm. These are all very, everything's very, yeah, it's very rehearsed, very like they had a wet, a, what is it called? A wedding rehearsal first. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's not a, maybe it's more like the red wedding, <laughs> but <laughs> Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, exactly. So this scene, I love to call the cliff. I'm going to take you through it. It is one of my favorite 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 parts of this movie because i think it really is a pivotal moment of oh i forgot why we're, what we're doing it kind of kicks things into high gear so let me take you to the the foot of a very high rocky cliff where our villagers and our outsiders have all collected below the villagers are in a bit of an organized group they're all in their beautiful white linens they're stoically looking up in wonder one man is just happening to hold a large mallet. We'll get there. So our Americans are off to the side with the UK couple. Okay, wait. I'm sorry. I just have to say one thing. Um, yes. When she says mallet, picture Harley Quinn's mallet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, we're not going to be hitting any nails today <laughs> unless, unless there's those 100 at once. <laughs> Unless, yeah, unless you want to fit 100 underneath the face of this mallet. It is. It's, it's a Harley Quinn mallet. Mm-hmm. Um, and our Americans are off to the side, which I love. They're kind of just when you don't really know what's happening. Maybe you get to a show and you don't know anybody there and you kind of stand at the edge of the, the pit <laughs> trying to. Yeah, like the older punks. Exactly. Trying to, hey, do I know anybody here? Like what's going on? And at the top, we get a shot of our elders being carried in those really beautiful intricate blue chairs that Jamie pointed out. And as they pan away from the scene, I never clocked these before, but you can actually see these large rune stones that almost look like grave headstones scattering the top of the cliff. I counted 21 and all of the older ones that I presume are older ones in the back have two red marks on the face of them. We pan back to the bottom and Josh walks over to Pelly and he starts asking him about a book that the lady leader Siv is or Svi Siv I think her name is uh, that she's reading from because he wants to do his thesis on this. He's trying to get in every single bit of information that he can and Pele tells him, like, it's the Ruby Ratter. It's like their scripture. You won't be able to read from it as much as you want. Sorry. Back at the top, the elders are now getting their goddamn hand sliced with a dagger. And I just want to ask you, Jamie, why is always the inside of the palm that has to be sliced? I know. Every movie. They don't cut anywhere else. I know. You use your hands all the time. Yes. Don't you want them to heal? Just do, do my ass. I, I don't know. I have to cut me on my arm or my leg anywhere else. I'm trying to think of like where the better. Yeah, like just like my forearm, like on top yes. of my forearm. Holy, that's a good spot. The inside of the palm it drives me wild. But I think that that's why they choose to do it because we sit there like 
I know what that would feel like and I don't want it. You know, these are pagans. They have their very specific rituals. They do. They do. Slice your hands up all you want. I respect. I I do respect. Being a witch, I would love to participate in ceremonies like this, but like I'd love instead for us to just have like a ketchup packet taped to the inside are you joking i'm holding tomatoes like if we're slicing anything like i want to have make a salad out of it after <laughs> we having fries get the ketchup packets like i just i'm not cutting the inside of my hands you can cut anywhere else it's not going to be the palms but this scene is just so gorgeous so the older man the elder then kneels in front of the giant rune we zoom in and he just drags his palms down this headstone And his robe is so like stone cold blue, the slate gray. And as he's running his hands over this carving of runes, the blood just, it pops. Like those ketchup packets, boom, bum, pop, pop. (laughs) And now we know what those red marks on all the other headstones are. So how many times has this happened? And also what is in their blood to make it so they never wash or wear away? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> oh my Does god. it rain there? Like just sun. Just yeah. sun and clear skies. There's just like a bear. The bear just like that's how they got it cuz bears just keep wandering into their village by the smell of the bloodstone. Wandering in. Yes, yeah, smell of blood drying up on the cliffside with the hot sun that beats for 18 hours a day on these fucking rocks. I'm also curious if bears are like native to to Sweden. Oh, that's something to look up after. That's a- yeah, that's something to Google. Because it's like, did they get the bear flown in? <laughs> <laughs> we had him shipped from Finland. Yeah. He was a Finnish bear. <laughs> we know what they do to outsiders here, Jamie. Yeah. So anyways, back at the bottom, Danny starts to hyperventilate as she watches the elderly woman begin to peer over the rock face. They seem to almost make eye contact for a moment. It's this silent just like boating weird connection that they have and i think that this kind of leads back to you being like was that florence in old face yeah you know yeah these people definitely have like a significance and like what i was kind of seeing was a future danny and who is the guy like a future christian a future Mm -hmm. paley like a future like Mm -hmm. you know anybody else that's kind of like the vibe i got but you know totally And it just... I couldn't find anything out there that related to it. That's our theory. But if you're Ari Aster and you're listening to this right now and you want to hit up our DMs, like we would be honored. I would be... I'd be so honored. I'd be honored if you just even sent me like a poo emoji. Like I'm so happy about it. So yeah, this... There's just such a silence, a stillness, a quietness as our elder lady poses to the sun and then... She jumps and her body thuds against a large flat rock below. And Danny goes back to hearing everyone in those muted voices. She's going back to her quiet place, her place of association. Association completely. All you can hear is the muffled screams of the UK couple losing their fucking minds. The rest of our villagers, they aren't reacting. And Ingmar is trying to console and calm down the uk couple by just saying guys it's part of the ceremony is it bad that i thought that they were really fucking rude (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, listen, it, <laughs> I understand why they're shocked, but I feel like for it's me, my survival thing. mode, yeah. my survival mode would say, I'm not going to stand out here because this is what happens here. I'm not going to stand out because I'm not going to be the next person off of this cliff. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. just going to be like, that was cool, guys. Good jump. <laughs> Good form. So Simon is... Simon is not going our way. He keeps screaming, look at her head, look at her head, look at her head, she's dead. And then they show us her head, which is pretty much exploded. <laughs> and again, the it's rest beautiful. of the the rest of the villagers are not reacting at all, which is like, they're not surprised. So, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, anyways, next up, like who's next on the chopping block, baby? Papu rolls up to the cliffside. He does a sexy little pose to the sun. And then the motherfucker pencil jumps, baby. He pencil jumps leg first. Why? A belly flop. If you need to, like you want yeah. to eviscerate your own self. You want to hit that rock in, <sighs> in a way that you're not going to survive because he just barely survives and his legs are shattered, man. His legs. Legs probably go through his entire body. <laughs> his shin is probably up in his collarbones, like a hundred percent. And I love the moment of peace and quiet until he starts screaming. Mm-hmm. He moans in pain and the crowd goes wild. They start <laughs> duplicating his sound. They start, it's like he's moaning, they're screaming and moaning, and they're reacting though, like they almost feel what he's going through and they duplicate it. They layer their own cries with him they're Mm -hmm. all in this moment together and that's that uh, community vibe again that's that's the community vibe that you keep talking about to sell me on this (laughs) right we're all just friends here so this is where we find out why that guy was holding a giant mallet okay we now get a nice little line where some of the main um, members each take a turn smashing Papu's head to mush. I have a feeling that those are their family members. I mean, they're all family members, but yeah. specifically, there seems to be like a girl, a guy, and You're a right. younger boy. Yes. And I'm like, I wonder if that's their family. Yeah. And it's like their children and their grandchildren. Yes. Yes. The generations take a turn putting their elder out of its misery if if the jump goes bad. If they pencil jump. Like, didn't anybody after all these years, like he's been around 72 years, like you think he would know. (laughs) Come on, Bjorn. Oh my God. Come on, Bjorn. But honestly, Jamie, this is where I think the movie took such a turn. Mel, I'm sorry, but remember when I told you guys that he used to be considered the most beautiful man in the world? Not for long. (laughs) Not for long because once again, his head, the other head of... The elder woman was exploded. His gets bashed teeth, face in, crushed skull, brains, hair, matter, pancake head. Anyways, Connie and Simon are in full panic now and they leave while screaming how fucked everyone is. And this is where I'm like, you guys are being a bit rude. Like, don't don't be insulting them. (laughs) No, come on. Just keep it together. guys. Keep it together. And Siv is just like, guys, like this is custom at the end of the life cycle. cycle, The life cycle, you give your life as a gesture, okay? But Danny looks on in complete shock and Jamie, I'll let you take it away for the walk back to the village. Yeah, so they're walking back to the village and Christian is walking with Danny, but he's just like, uh, are you okay? Um, I just want you to go over here for a minute. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. As she's literally like barely walking away mm-hmm. as she's hyperventilating and she collapses once she feels that she's in a more secluded area and has herself a little bit of a panic attack. Which is fair. <laughs> Which is fair. A hundred percent. And I mean... Loser Christian literally just doesn't give a fuck because he has decided that he has been so moved 
by this. I can't. <laughs> He's been so moved by this event that he now wants to tell Josh that uh, he thinks he's going to do his thesis on Harga. I swear to God, the audacity. And Josh is, he looks at him and he literally says, I can't tell if you're joking right now. I don't even understand how anybody could be friends with Christian. Like this cannot be the first time that he's fucked over his friend. He's probably like been that guy who like wingmanned his friends, but then like at the end of the night pulls the girl, you know? 100%. And Josh is pissed and he's like you already know this is what i'm doing and christian says yeah but like you're just doing it on midsummer like everywhere like you're going to be traveling to all sorts of places like i only want to do it on this which like come on like that's the coolest one like that's the coolest part is harga there's no way that josh is going to go anywhere else yeah you're probably not going to see the cliff dive anywhere (laughs) else like this is the main event and i mean let's be honest if you're studying anthropology like there's been so much shit already done for for hundreds of years you know what i mean like you mm-hmm. if you're gonna make a big statement with your thesis you got to do something that's you know something i remember i took a class in world religion and i learned about like sauties and how they're like these women get that get like burned alive if their husbands yes. die too young like yeah. mm-hmm. i'm not going to go into it too much because that's a completely different culture but you know what i mean like but the thing is whenever it comes to these cultural practices they have religious and like cultural immunity like another country couldn't come in and say like what you're doing is bad unless like there's enough backlash to it anyways back to the argument christian says well we could collaborate if you want to or if not and josh is like okay cool no peace out game on i love that christian is giving him permission to collab with him as if this wasn't josh's idea for the beginning oh he gaslights him like like he's Danny. He's he's Josh isn't Josh anymore. He's not his bro anymore. No. He's literally treating him like he treats Danny. Literally. Such an unoriginal schlub of a prick of a oh, man. Oh, he's schlub. He's schlub. Full fully schlub at this moment. He's schlub and then Josh Josh is kind of, you know, kind of a, like a crybaby in a way. I mean, I understand he's annoyed, but he just like runs to Pele, right? Yeah. He's just Dad, like- I'm telling mom. <laughs> Christian says he's doing his thesis on this, but I said I wanted to. But Josh basically, what I think he's trying to do is make sure that Pele allows him to get all of the like, you know, insider info uh, before Christian. But it just so happens that somehow before this, Christian had already talked to him about this. So, oh my God, I forgot that. Yeah, he's already, oh, it just so he's such a snaky boy. Snaky boy. <laughs> and then Pele gets caught in a little bit of a lie and he's all like, oh, oh, no, I thought he's like, I thought you said you didn't talk to him yet. But Pele's like, oh, okay, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I'll ask them. I'll ask them. Because like originally he was like, no, this isn't going to happen. But mm-hmm. now that he's been kind of caught in a little bit of a lie, which might have some significance, you know, he's like, okay, okay. Like, you know, and he just like placates him and is like, I'll ask the elders if you can have a chance to check out the book and, and learn a little bit. Looking back on this, I'm wondering what Pele is telling people in private to mm-hmm. placate them just like you're saying like to keep people around for longer to keep things at bay as as the festivities continue to get everybody in the spots that they're supposed to be in and in the roles that they're meant to play figure out w- how it's going to work 
not to give too much away, and then maybe another answer as to why we don't have any more outsiders than the group that continues onwards. Maybe some just didn't fit the bill, and this group is looking like they're each going to have a wonderful part in the whole ceremony. Exactly. You know, I do want to point out too that Pele, this is the first time we actually see him be like a little bit flustered and annoyed. You're right. Like he, he genuinely does and he rushes off, okay? And I want to hold that in our back pocket for another scene later and I'll mm-hmm. bring that up then. If your pockets are getting full, just go ahead and grab any of your reusable grocery bags to just fill on up. <laughs> We've got a lot of bookmarks. We've got a lot of back pocket <laughs> info. We promise that whenever we get to these certain parts, we'll remind you again. Exactly. Okay? Like yeah. you don't, we don't want to put any pressure on you. You know, you're like, these are jeggings. There are absolutely no fucking pockets here. Don't worry. We got you. We'll remind I'm not even you wearing pants. <laughs> so Pele rushes off. He's rushing off because he's probably the only person who's wondering, where's Danny? And is she okay? You know, the girl whose family was yes. horribly murdered. Like, yes. Yeah. So pan to Danny, who is frantically pack- packing her things because fuck this place, apparently. Danny wants Danny to go. Danny wants to go. <laughs> and she's like, I don't even know why I'm here. Like she says, I don't know why I'm here. And that's whenever like I just felt like I'm like, Danny is so lost. She's just mm-hmm. so lost. She it's not even just what happened. She just really much like any anywhere she could be right now. I mean, I, I know this whole traumatic thing happened. I think she would still be like, I don't know why I'm here and I don't know what I'm doing. Danny needs to be in like some hardcore counseling and mm-hmm. work on herself and focus on her healing before all of this craziness. Like, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. There's so much shit going on around her. Like, I would just because like she's dissociates constantly. You know, she's not yes. even in reality. She's in and out. Completely. Anyways, this is whenever we have our second, second, I was going to say second because like second intimate moment with Pele talking to Danny and I'll let you guys just listen to it for yourselves. Here we go. Danny. Oh, I'm really sorry, Pele. Thank you for inviting me, but I I really have to go. Can someone maybe drive me somewhere? I know I shouldn't have let you stay for that. I mean... I know it looks extreme, but we... I don't know why I'm here, Pele. I don't know why you invited us. I I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know. Come on. Come on. Sit down, Danny. Danny, please. Please sit down. Danny. I invited my friends because this is a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I wanted to share it, especially with my friends who I knew would appreciate it, because I... I am proud of okay, this place. Okay, okay, but I'm not an anthropologist and I don't understand any of this. Yes, yes, I don't yes, get... I know, I know. And, and yet I was the most excited for you to come. Here. Here, smell this. What is it? Calls you down. No, I'm fine. I don't want it. Are you sure? No, I'm, I really want to go, Billy. I don't, I don't want it. Okay. I know what you're going through, Danny. What am I going through? Because I lost my parents. Too. What? No, no, Pele, yes, yes, that yes. is not what I'm talking about. No, I'm not talking, not talking about my about, family. I'm not talking about my parents when I was I'm a little about... boy. They burned no, up in a I fire. No, I wasn't talking about that. My parents, they <sighs> burned up in a fire, and I became technically an orphan. So believe me when I tell you that I know what it's like because I do. I really, really do. Yet my difference is I never got the chance to feel lost because I had a family here 
where everyone embraced me and swept me up. And I was raised by a community that doesn't bicker over what's theirs and what's not theirs. That's what you were given. But I have always felt held by a family, a real family. Which everyone deserves. And you deserve. Him. He's what I'm talking about. He's my good friend and I like him, but... Danny, do you feel held by him? Does he feel like home to you? That was... That was... Like, I mean, I... I love Pele and I just want them to be together. Is that bad? I honestly... <laughs> I honestly feel like... As weird of a situation this is, he's making some really good <laughs> he's making some really good points. Like if somebody if if you're having a hard time and like nobody's there for you and he's using words like, do you feel held? Like, do you feel like like this Does he feel like home does to you? Does he feel like home to you? I'm like, why like put it on a Hallmark card and send it to me because like who are you, Pele? Insert the song feel like home to me <laughs> feels like home see nobody can see us if i sing it right exactly and uh, okay so <laughs> cute conversation over dickhead reappears mm-hmm. aka christian and um you know he's like not bothered and he's like yo or what what like you know are you cool like why are you so upset about this like death culture like this is totally fine you know, mm-hmm. but he actually makes his first and only good point in this whole entire movie, and that's <laughs> that we shove our elders in nursing homes. Like, you're right. Realistically, I a hundred percent would rather if I had two cho- if I had two choices. Like, my only yes. choices in life were jump off a cliff, but also like get this like really awesome ceremony. Everybody loves you and remembers you forever. You have this really cool like gravestone and everything and blah, blah, blah. You get to slice up your palms. Yeah. Like all this like cool shit like in, and I mean, I'm get sh- your head mashed in with a ha- mallet. <laughs> I'm sure like their culture believes that they're going to like Valhalla or something, right? Totally. So hundred percent. And they're now because they're going in such an honorable way that they get prestige when they get up there. Or we could put you, me in an old folks home. My kids could just stop visiting me and pretend like I don't even exist and where I just sit there and rot and nobody cares and you're just like watching the prices right in a bed all day. I take the mallet. I take the- <laughs> I take the mallet fully. I take way too many mushrooms and then jump off a cliff. <laughs> Skull. <laughs> Well, I'm ready to bring you on to, I feel like the night scenes, and by night I mean is just more day yes. scenes. Yes. Before bed that night, Danny asks for a sleeping pill from Josh, and I do not blame her. I don't blame her at all. But she wakes up in the middle of the night, and she can hear Christian's voice as he's exiting the sleep house saying, like, don't wake her up, be quiet. So she rushes outside and everybody has piled into a car and are driving off and you see Mark just like staring at her from like the back window and she starts beginning to scream for them. But as she screams, black exhaust starts flowing from her mouth, 
we realize that we're in a dream sequence. We start getting some flashbacks of her sister, the zoomed in shots of the smashed up cliff jumper faces. And then when she wakes up, it's a new day. So, And I mean, when Mark is in the back of the truck, he looks fucking creepy as fuck. Yes. He's so scary. Yes. Like his face is, you know, like the gapped like mouth open. It's giving me like uh, the ring whenever you it's see the ring. It's giving me puppet vibes. It's giving me like slappy. It's giving me the movie Smile that just yes, came out. I haven't seen it, but like, I've seen the commercials. It kind of looked like he was screaming, but like smile screaming, like help. Yeah, it's the way his face kind of stays still and he does, he looks like a doll, kind of like a Chucky doll. Yeah, and also too, another thing that when we, we were talking about before we were recording, how it's sunny the entire time and I had pointed out, I was like, this is the one night where it's dark and then you were like, mm -hmm. it's a dream. And I'm like, yes. that makes sense. The only time, it can't be that dark. No, exactly. They even say earlier on their mushroom trip when she's like well like is it like did it get dark and he's like oh like a couple hours like it doesn't really ever become night which only prolongs our confusion about how many days are we in on this festival like what's and also real, too, what's happening? whenever you think of horror movies you don't think of bright and colorful and you're right you know so it's just it's amazing how the use of like the music and the use of like other things to Daylight. bring that creepy Nighttime. factor yeah Exactly. But it is a, a brand new day, we think, at least. And across from Danny at the sleeping house or the sleeping loft, Maya, the red-haired girl, is eerily staring at her. And she's toying and playing with in, within, her, within her hands that thing that she had carved at the breakfast table before the whole cliff jump scene yesterday. So she gets up and sneakily goes over to Christian's bed and places that artifact under his pillow. Mm -hmm. Josh clocks this, but he pretends to be asleep. Mm -hmm. So we now cut to a scene of a drawing in the sleep house of the Mayflower Queen dance-off. And the pole is in the shape of, drumroll, maybe you guessed it, but it's a rune. And this one is called Tiwaz. It means justice, sacrifice for the greater good, and victory. So there's a lot of little hints mm -hmm. in this movie that honestly on first watch, you probably wouldn't know. Google was my best friend for this. Oh, for sure. And like, there's so many runes and we point out a couple, but like there's to so go through more. it all. Yeah, there's there's so many more. You would you'd need to sit there like Josh clutching that notebook the whole time and just be taking notes. 100%. So we get to see uh, the ashes of our two elders who jumped being taken from the fire pit and they get spread out at a beautiful large tree that has fallen in the center of the field. And our Americans are looking on and it's now that Paley announces that as long as no one uses any names or locations that both Josh and Christian can both do their thesis about the festival. Yay. Oh, and um, when he is telling them this, I also wanted mm -hmm. to point out that he's doing gardening. And oh. I was looking at it and what he was gardening, but I could be wrong, looked a lot like mugwort. And What's it's it used for? crazy that we just had this crazy dream sequence and everything like that. And mm -hmm. everybody's been taking weird shots of things because mugwort as like a tea actually can be used heightened lucid dreaming what a good catch what a good catch that's amazing 
So at this point also, Josh, guess what he pulls out? The artifact that Maya left under Christian's bed, and he kind of asks Pele about it. Pele says that it's a love rune to cast a love spell, and he names her by name, so now we know officially that she's Maya, and he also lets the group know that she basically just came to age last year, which means that she's now allowed to have sex, and Pele calls it the pants license. I wonder what (laughs) the age of uh, readiness is, like when they have their period period or like when they're legal i i based on the tapestry jamie i feel like (laughs) i feel like it's the first option but honestly this beautiful little conversation about pants licenses is broken up by aggressive screaming an elder is running towards mark who is pissing on the tree that the ashes were just scattered at and when confronted what does mark say So what? That tree's dead. Meanwhile, the villager who had confronted him is like collapsing and sobbing and his family are like, holding him up as he just cries at at the sadness of of seeing his family all of the others who've gone through this ceremony and this beautiful process that is so knit and integrated into their little community is being desecrated by some little fucking bitches urine like it just he's disgusting and i hate him yeah i hate him so i call this segment connie wants to go because we hear a bit of a ruckus our UK gal pal Connie, she is running to get her bags to get the fuck. I'm surprised they're still. She's still there. Like, I'm surprised that like when they stormed off, I know they didn't just know. continue storming into the woods. I storming all the way back to the Halkus Land sign. Like forget it. I'd be out of there. She ends up telling Danny it was nice to meet her, but they're leaving. And Odd, the other leader that we'd met before, Father Odd, says that, guess what? Her boyfriend um, has already been driven to this train station this morning by another man called Yan. And she starts flipping out saying that Simon would never leave her. But he's like, listen, like there was only room in the truck for one passenger at a time. Don't worry. The truck is coming back for you right now. Which I'm like, hi, that's a little sus as fuck. Like I... I wouldn't be getting into the car with nobody personally. Yeah. So Danny finds this is weird. And she goes to Christian, who is in the middle of an interview for his paper. And she's like, uh, hey, Christian, Simon left without Connie. Like, don't you think that's weird? Christian kind of brushes her off. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a dick move. Then turns back to the villager and asks if they ever have any issues with incest there. Hmm. Thanks, Christian. Yeah. Thanks for listening to so me. So Danny, obviously, no, she just walks off because like, fuck it. He's not giving her the time of day. Yeah. And a woman comes off from the little, almost like the kitchen area that they have, a little hut full of like their little stoves and whatnot. And She's asked if she wants to help the women. And she then asks the ladies if they've seen Simon anywhere. Because uh, she she's genuinely concerned about, like, she's more concerned about the happenings around her than anybody else seems to be. Yes. She's more in tune with the strangeness of, you know, say, a boyfriend doing something to leave his girlfriend behind or maybe not honor a relationship in the way that they would. But nobody's paying attention to Danny. Nobody's talking to Danny. Nobody it's cares true. that Danny's even there. The only people that do are these women in this moment a hundred percent so the ladies actually do seem to be concerned they say they actually haven't seen simon anywhere and then the camera moves over from danny to maya who has prepared a fresh pie that she leaves on the counter do you guys remember the tapestry okay (laughs) we also get to see josh in this moment who has been taken off into the archives for some background on the book the ruby rotter 
And we learn a bit more about the unclouded. We learn that the community, essentially, they create a profit. The profit is appointed to them to fill in the blank pages of these books. And there are hundreds. They are constantly being created. And the current iteration is being written by Ruben. He is that strange, malformed boy that we met really, really quickly, like the flash at the beginning. Mm -hmm. He was doing some finger paintings, and I guess that's him filling in this book. Josh asks if he's disabled, and the preacher, however, corrects him and he says the boy is unclouded. Uh, He is open to the source and all of their oracles are actually products of inbreeding that they create themselves. So Josh asks if it would be fine to take a photograph. The man says absolutely not. Like he is strict about it, but the conversation is disrupted by a woman screaming in the background. Mm -hmm. We pan to Danny. She's baking pies with the women. We get to see her reaction of hearing the scream. We then pan to Mark, who's basically just in front of the temple, that big yellow temple. He's just kicking grass. He turns towards the scream. But no one does anything. And my question to you is, do you think that they're getting more unaffected to the strange things happening, that they're not reacting in ways that they normally would? Are they being desensitized to you know, the creepy factor that's happening in this village? Well, I mean, there was a lot of screaming to begin with. Like, I mean, that just seems to be what they do there when they talk. (laughs) So maybe they think it's that. But my question was, is that Connie? Oh, honey. Connie's, don't worry. She's on the way to the train station, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry about Connie too much because supper's ready. This is another one of my favorite scenes and actually a couple people that I talked to about this movie because this is a movie that you want to talk about. They didn't notice this at first, but I was very obsessed with the tapestries, so I was waiting for it. Everyone is sat at a long table with small cups of yellow liquid. They're all perfectly lined up little cups of yellow liquid, except for Christian. Christian's cup has a hint of orange. I just, you know, everybody who's who knows color theory out there, what plus yellow equals orange, everybody? Purple. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Red. Fail. Red. She's been noticing. She's been noticing the colors in the movie. So the pies are placed in front of everybody, and a woman comes out specifically to put Christians down, and she smiles at him. And I never noticed this, even my first couple watches. But as she's walking away, she does the cheekiest little glance back at him like, yeah, there's your pie, honey. Yeah. It's real special. (laughs) Like everybody's in on the joke except for him. Exactly. And they now get the camera low enough so you can really, really see Christian's cup is not like the others. Um, And listen, Jamie, you're not the only one wondering about Connie because Danny inquires about where she is and a random villager just jumps in into this conversation. We've never met this guy before, I don't think, and says, oh, don't worry. Her boyfriend called her from the landline to calm her down. And she too was driven to the wink, wink train station. So I'm not even kidding. The entire time that this conversation is happening, everything on the table is softly blurred except for Christian's drink. They want you to notice that it is, it's orange. It's been spiked. Sorry, it's red. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be asking why my OJ had a splash of crayon. Like, to be honest, I'd be like, so everybody else is drinking orange juice. Like, what is this? (laughs) Why do I have sunny delight? (laughs) (laughs) So Mark pipes up and says that, hey, someone's still sore about their ancestral tree. And they now pan over to the man who was screaming at him earlier. And I'm not like, no word of a lie. This man is death staring at him from across another table it's like it's it's jarring to see so anyways let's let's 
Let's hunker down on this delicious meal. Christian takes a bite of his pie and as he's chewing, stops. He reaches into his mouth and pulls out a pube. And Mark starts freaking out about it. I actually have a little surprise for you, Mel. I've added an audio of it. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, let's roll that clip. Oh my God, dude. What the fuck? Is that? What is that? Is that a fucking pube? Ew. It's just a hair. Yeah, a pubic hair. Dude, calm down. Why are you embarrassed? You're not the one giving out hair pies. I just, oh, but as this is happening and he's couldn't watch it the whole time, I have to look through my fingers so like I could tell what's going on, but just I can't see that fucking like I'd rather see him chug the blood (laughs) milk. I mean, orange juice (laughs) than that fucking hair. Well, you couldn't watch it, but you know who could? Maya, because she is just staring at Christian eat her. (laughs) And the carpets match the drapes. Oh, honey, they do. Oh, honey, they do. So Danny follows his eyes. And he's like, or she, yeah, she follows where Christian is looking because he's looking at Maya. And by the time Danny looks at her, Maya's just quickly looking down. And then Christian takes a swig of that drink. So randomly at this point, Mark is also lured away by from dinner by the girl that he was making remarks about earlier in the film. Yeah, I think she's Pele's sister. Yes, I think so too. I think mm-hmm. he had mentioned that. Yes. So... Jamie, take us through the rest of this glorious day after dinner dessert delights. All right. So we had a delicious meal. Everybody is stuffed. Everybody (laughs) is ready to go to bed. However, somebody isn't ready to go to bed because somebody's a little too obsessed with breaking the rules of anthropology. And Joshy Poo grabs his shoes and sneaks off into the night to go to find the fancy book. Oh, he doesn't he doesn't grab his shoes. He goes to bed wearing them. He's ready to go the second he lays down, forget it. Oh yeah, for sure. And actually this is act you know what? I made a note here. This is actually the most dark that you see the movie besides Danny's scene. So it's kind of like a dark blue color at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We now have Josh. He is looking through the book. He is taking pictures of the book, which is a big no-no. Big, big we no-no. get a little quick pan of our unclouded friend because he sleeps in there. That's his room. That's where he jams out. And as Mel had mentioned before, this is where we get a little bit more of those reflections. And we see that there's a reflection of somebody coming up into the doorway. And Josh hears this and Josh looks over and he sees Mark and says, mm-hmm. Mark, what the hell are you doing here? Don't quote me. It might not be the exact quote. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Basically, what are you doing here? Get out. What are you doing here? But as Mark gets a little bit closer, he's kind of something's something's off here. Number one, there has there's no pants. There's no pants. (laughs) There's a penis and no pants. Number two. Also, his face isn't fitting very well. (laughs) Number two, he is full on leather facing. And wearing a skin mask. But don't worry, Josh doesn't have to be traumatized for too long because somebody else comes up behind and (laughs) smashes him in the head super fucking hard. Now, my theory on this is that is Pele. Because we know for a fact that it was Ulf who is dressed as Mark. Who, because Mark pissed him the fuck off whenever he pissed on his ancestral tree. So he skinned skinned that fool. so much piss get it when you 
when you connected those dots, mind-blowing. Yeah, so our little jester friend Mark has been skinned by Ulf, and Josh has now been smashed in the back of the head by we don't know who, but I am claiming Pele because remember, Pele's been so chill and so nice yes. until Josh kept pushing about that fucking book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's the only time we see him visibly irritated, so I think he very happily joined in on smashing Josh in the head. Poor mm-hmm. the unclouded. He definitely is slowly getting more clouded through this movie as he sees all these fucked up things happening. A hundred percent. That's all I got to say. I also wanted to add in that um, I don't think it would be Father Odd smashing it because he's an elderly man. That no. I Because comp- at first I'm like, well, who else would be in the archives? Um, Odd is in charge of like the unclouded boy and all of the books, but he seems to be too old to be strong enough to smash Josh's head so much that like his head's indented and his body starts literally convulsing and the, on the sound ground. that comes out of his mouth like at first i actually thought it was I, the face was, skin face yes, man kind yes. of like making some weird sexual noise because he just really enjoyed that moment or something and his pants are off yeah his pants are off and maybe he's like doing a little a little tug um <laughs> but no i looking into it a little bit more on reddit people are saying that that is a specific noise that happens whenever people get just knocked the hell out i think it's called like i've heard it something snoring or something i don't know but anyways, yeah i've it? actually heard i've heard like the weird weird muffled moan that's like your brain trying to process what's happening and like wake you up almost yes. but you're not awake yes. anyways it's creepy it's it's really creepy it's creepy, and now it is daytime, and it is breakfast. Mm, and delicious. as everybody's kind of gathering to get ready for breakfast, you can see some of the elders are very concerned because a certain special book, the Ruby Rowdy, and I don't know if I supposed to said that wrong, the Ruby <laughs> Rowdy, that's what I wrote my notes. Ronda Rousey? <laughs> the Ruby Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper? <laughs> is gone. Maybe this is a little bit of redirection oh. for what's to come. However... Christian doesn't seem to give one fucking shit that um, Josh and Mark are missing and there is some insinuating happening that maybe they took the book and left. Christian says that Josh isn't even a friend. They have nothing to do with him and he wouldn't put it past him to have taken that book because Christian is a piece of fucking shit. I I died here. Okay, one, I think that this this whole missing book is such a great ploy because yes. now they aren't worried about their missing friends because of course they'd be missing. They stole the book and took off. Like yeah. these, like we're not realizing that you're the only two people left. Yeah. Who are not from this village. The UK couple, gone. Your two out of four American friends, They're dropping gone. like flies. And they're just like, oh, I guess we'll just eat some more pubes for breakfast. That's fine. Yeah. And I mean, it. they assume that Mark is still with that girl. But I mean, I don't know if you oh, guys right. noticed, but the Hargit people don't seem like the type that would be like just having a sleep in. And where would they be fucking? In like a bush somewhere, I imagine. There's like three buildings there. One of them's a kitchen. One of them is the sleep hut where everyone sleeps. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, where is he and where is the girl? So yeah, it looks kind of bad. Josh isn't there. Mark isn't there. Christian throws them under the bus and Danny and Christian are then separated. There are two Mm -hmm. different activities happening that day and uh, they're going to go their own separate ways. Danny is going to go to the May Queen dance and Christian is going to go see Svi, who is our head woman who we spoke about. I think she's Siv. Siv, Svi, Siv. Sorry, Siv. (laughs) 
I apologize, Ari Aster. We've got a lot of moving parts to this story. We have a lot of moving parts and a lot of names, and I'm so happy that you wrote all of them down. (laughs) So whenever Danny gets to the May Queen dance, a special drink is being made. This is to help you for the dance competition. edge off. And it is made of spring water with special properties in it. It kind of, whenever you're looking at it, there's a yellow flower being crushed into it. It looks exactly like dandelion because I assume they probably did use something like dandelion that won't actually get you high. It's just edible. People have salads all of the time. Yeah. And I mean, I was looking into it and I was like yellow flowers and I was like, that reminds me of St. John's wort. And St. John's wort is actually used to increase serotonin and noradrenaline. So So they're basically dropping M before going to the club. Yeah, like, I mean, you'd have to take a lot of St. John's wort probably to, like, get fucked up. But, like, they say it's a mixture of things. So there's probably some mushrooms in there because she definitely trips out after a little bit more. Whatever Pele is gardening. Yeah. And, I mean, Danny is being taken under the wing of one of these women. They're pairing up with her. They're taking their drink in their very fancy special way together. Danny really looks like she's starting to feel like she fits in a little bit. Yeah, totally. She's... She's got a a nice camaraderie between the women, making her feel included, teaching her how to do things so she fits in with them, like you're saying. And, you know, like, I think it's a really nice contrast to being ignored, nobody answering her when she asks questions or just feeling like she, like nobody wanted her there. Yeah. She, she looks like she's wanted. They dress her up in all of the, the matching gowns with the rest of the gals. They get her in line, teach her the customs and yeah. You know, they're, they are such a beautiful family there and they want you to be a part of it. A hundred percent. So the dance is about to begin. Danny mm-hmm. definitely is starting to look a little bit uncomfortable again because she's starting to trip out. <laughs> and I, we know what happens every time Danny trips out. Danny gets yeah. triggered and that's not good. So she starts her heavy breathing. She looks down at her shoes and some grass actually is starting to grow through them. Just like her hand, yeah. Exactly. So she's kind of becoming part of the earth, you know what I mean? Like all of this, like celebrating, all has to do with like the harvest and the sun and everything like that. So that's pretty cool. Besides the grass growing through Danny's feet, I did notice a rune. And the rune on her shoes is Degaz or Dagaz or D-A-G-A-Z. And I mean, if you look this up, there are a lot of different meanings. Also, too, there are so many different runes from different cultures. There's Celtic, there's Pagan, you know, like some are Vikings Mm -hmm. uh, runes. But uh, the definition I found that I thought fit really well here was the darkness of ignorance, terror, unknowing and despair gives way to enlightenment, comfort and hope. The shape of the room takes us some way to understanding that things are more complex than they seem. So I think it's crazy that it's like despair, terror, unknowing, and then now enlightenment, comfort, and hope. So it's kind of like this is where we really see our transformation of Danny. I completely agree. I completely agree. And on my rune notes too are this R shape that's embroidered on the dress or kind of apron dress that she's wearing. Mm -hmm. Um, It normally means travel or the dance of life, which I mean, hi, they're about to dance Dance off right now. Exactly. However, hers is reversed and it means crisis, rigidity, injustice, and sometimes death, which Mm -hmm. I think is 
like the peak that she's going to face maybe in this dance and then your rune at her feet with the enlightenment that she might reach afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's it's so deep. It's so deep. And just want to point out too, while the dance is kind of going on, there is a like elder woman who's explaining kind of why they dance this way. Mm-hmm. So the reason why uh, they do the May Queen dance is because a folklore they have of the devil kind of coming and cursing people so that they dance until they die, basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is uh, what she says. And so now to like spite him, we we dance, you know, until the last one falls and then, you know, we crown our May Queen or whatever. I love Don't it. Don't quote me on that, but that's kind of That's just... pretty much what it was, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the dance is like super ritualistic seeming, you know. There's a lot of like different fancy movements, stuff like that. And Danny is really starting to get into it. And she's doing fucking good. Like she is she's killing up it. Those, she's picking up those steps like she knew them all of her whole life. So we're going to take a little break from Danny having a really awesome time at the May Queen dance. And Christian is on his way to go meet Siv. And she has this like special hut that she like hangs out with and does counsel with people. And mm-hmm. it's got all sorts of amazing, beautiful artwork all over the wall and whatnot. And Siv walks into the room and basically sits him down. They're uncomfortably close. <laughs> and this is when she starts to bring up Maya who has taken an interest and he has been chosen as a suitable mate for her. Ideal astrological match. Yes. She says, which I respect that. I definitely respect that too. It's just like those memes where it's like, if a girl asks you what your birth date and time is run away. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So they're basically just kind of going over that. And yeah, we kind of assume that Christian agrees to this. And at this point, he leaves to go watch the dance. This whole like moment here, Christian's like really, really weird. Imagine being taken into a room and someone's like, well, we paired you with this random villager here. Forget your girlfriend. Maya's your new match. The stars align. I wonder what's going on in his head. Like if he's like, hmm, for anthropology's sake. But like, I mean, anthropology, you're literally <laughs> just supposed to be like a fucking fly on like a wall and just sit in a yeah. corner and watch. Not participate. I guess I have to do this for my thesis. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine he just brings the baby to class. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want I wanted to throw in that when we uh, when he, he was waiting for Siv to walk in, he's just straight up looking at a tapestry of a burning bear on the wall. Just, just front and center. Yeah, front and center. Not, not that that has anything to do with what's going to happen later. No, you'll never see that again. I don't never. even know why I mentioned it. <laughs> I don't know either. So Christian then leaves to, and he just kind of stumbles over to the dance again. Yeah. He's just kind of like out of it. He's miserable looking and Danny is having a blast and Danny notices him miserable. And like at that point, she just kind of looks at him and is just like, whatever, and keeps dancing. So you definitely get this sense of like distance coming between them. And something else that also pointed out, like I noticed, is he's like wearing like dark blue shirt, dark Mm -hmm. blue pants. Everybody else is wearing white. So like you just kind of see him. He looks like Jesus at the last dinner. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) He just He is the darkness. Everyone is like trippy waving their hands in the air in the scene that you sent me and he's just meh miserable like oh my girlfriend's having a good time i want to go 
Exactly. So yeah, he's kind of just sitting there. He's the only one wearing dark colors. Everybody's wearing white. Everybody else is like having a ball. Danny's having a ball. He looks miserable. You definitely start to see that distance Mm -hmm. growing between them. And Ula, who was the cup girl who was helping out Danny, she has now been eliminated from the dance, but she's having a ball and she's laughing. And she goes over and offers Christian a little something to drink. To lower the defenses, to make things a little bit more fun, maybe. Obviously, she noticed how miserable he was. Totally. (laughs) He looks so sad. While he's sitting there being miserable, boom, shakalaka, Mm -hmm. Danny wins the fucking May Queen dance. Yes. And she is shocked. And she is like stoked. And everybody comes around her and just showers her in love and admiration and They're all surrounding her, like, and then you just pan over to miserable fucking Christian just standing all by himself, watching Danny in all her glory, just being miserable. Like, just, that's just the epitome of him, this whole movie where he's just me, 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 me. And now she, for once, who has been ignored this whole fucking time by him and all of his loser friends is finally getting some attention yes totally and he can't even be happy for her and he's Mm -hmm. thinking about going to fuck some 16 year old child probably can we also mention at this point she is like everybody's tripping balls and there is swelling flowers everybody's faces are morphing like there's a little bit of that happening (laughs) there's one particular flower that just keeps opening up really puckering Puckering. Did you yeah. catch who are in the crowd coming and greeting her? And she's uh, like, Pele? No, before that. Oh, mom whenever Danny's sister. mom walks by. I didn't see sister. She just yeah. said mom. Yeah, she's like, I mom, didn't. mom walks by, but the sister standing right behind the mom doing that creepy stare at her. I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm so happy because it's scary. It's actually scary. <laughs> and then Pele runs up to Danny and lifts her up in the air and is like, Danny, you won. And they share a beautiful kiss. Oh, I don't even care. I ship them so much. I don't care. Yeah, I love it. I stand. I stand for that. All what the way. We call them uh, Dele or Dele. Panny. Panny. <laughs> <laughs> and then we head to dinner again, a celebratory dinner. I'll take you to the table, baby. Don't worry. I call this segment Shroom Meat. Because it's a long, beautiful banquet table. It's filled with what looks like fly-covered rotting meat. I don't know if it's just the shrooms kicking in, but yeah, the food looks horrifying. So dry. Like that turkey or whatever goat looks so fucking dry. I'm sorry, the boiled goat? leatherhead like i don't even know so i feel like this entire scene actually encompasses what being like bad tripping on shrooms or hallucinogens is like everything is swelling it's wavy everyone is starting to look a bit like a melting flesh monster and Mm -hmm. every time i've watched it i get that kind of feeling in my throat whenever i'm a little bit too lit so oh yeah and christian is not doing well no he's not he finally makes it to the table he decided to drink a swig of that juice which he was offered earlier and he is now tripping balls by this point he's he's just he's looking at danny for anything for he just he's looking at her for an answer that I don't even I don't think she wants to acknowledge or really even give him mm-hmm. and he asks the elderly man next to him what's going on because <laughs> he's just looking so rough and confused and the old man just looks at him with such disdain in his eyes and then claps in his face so <laughs> iconic and Christian starts crying a bit and he asks why did you do that <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment so the table 
then toasts to Danny, their new May Queen. Uh, one of the ladies admiringly tells her she's part of the family now, which I mean, come on, that's all Danny wanted was to be a part of anything. I think this whole time she's been lost, like you had said earlier. Yeah. So aside from the slightly unnerving shroom effect, it's actually a really pleasant and warm scene. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been accepted. She has a home now. And they call each other sisters. So she's family. She has she a is. family. Again. So meanwhile, <laughs> in a bad trip city where Christian is currently residing, uh, he he now is looking across the table at Maya, who sultrily stands up and she motions her head like kind of cocks it quickly to this side for him to follow her. Mm-hmm. So everyone is looking down at their meals, but I caught Siv who she's the one who took him aside and and told him that he was chosen to mate with her is staring right into his fucking soul. He watches Maya walk away and Danny is at the end of the table watching him watch Maya. So again, she's already, she's getting the feeling that something's happening there. And at the exact same moment that this is happening too, another uncomfortable thing is happening to her as well, which is like whenever she has to like, they try and make her eat that raw fish. Oh, so disgusting. yes. Completely, completely. Is it, to, com- is it to distract her? Like something like that. They make her try and swallow the whole fish. And this is when they lead her in to be like, okay, like now's the time for you to try and like swallow a whole fish. Um, and now we take you to go bless the crops. Uh mm-hmm. yes, come with us, May Queen. So I think it is a distraction because yeah, when she's being asked to go bless the crops and she asks if Cushion can come with her, she's told no. I think you're totally right. Maybe it's not a distraction as much as it's just like everything's been planned to go There's with no the like May Queen ceremony. Yes. Like they know what's going to happen in that ceremony and they're like, let's slip in our newest young ladies coming of age. Yes, right in the moment. middle of it. But yeah. I think that everyone is exactly where they're meant to be. It's almost yeah. like a preset story and you're. it's going to happen this way no matter what. It's almost like a tapestry knew it was going to happen. <laughs> it's almost like it's been, we were told before. <laughs> it was already woven in the fabric, the nice light linen sheets so danny is taken off on this they put her on a thing and carry her like all together like whatever so taken off but she notices a lady starting to lay rose petals from the hut that siv looks over towards the table Um, and she's scattering petals all the way up to where christian is sitting and he gets up to follow them and if you look behind danny because everything is still a bit swirly and shroomy as she's being carried, like she's standing on this, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a plank with the little spokes out and everybody holds a spoke and they carry her off. Mm-hmm. As she's being guided towards the right side of the screen, I didn't notice this until it was pointed out to me, but her sister's face is in the shrubbery behind her. And the way that the oh, shrubs so are billowing, it's blowing a trail of smoke. Of, of gas smoke behind her as she's moving off screen. It's so creepy and eerie once you do clock that. So if mm-hmm. you guys are going to watch again or even if you just want to Google that scene, pay attention for the sister's face. So they they do a blessing of the crops. They bury some raw chicken and seeds. Danny is now singing fluently in Swedish, which I'm like, I'm wondering if I can get some of that sunflower juice instead of doing my Duolingo every day. Yeah, next time we could plan on going on a trip, we'll just make sure we eat Lots of mushrooms. They <laughs> apparently make you learn different languages. I love it. Just like that. And now Chris. Oh, Chris, Chris, Chris. We follow him. He's now in a robe. 
He's high as fuck and he's shivering. He's in the <laughs> hut. He's in Siv's hut. Some old man is smiling at him like, yeah, buddy. And another dude is in a macrame curtain mask. He's holding a bowl of something. So they lift the lid and make Christian breathe it in. And it's some sort of what I'm going to call boner smoke, incense Viagra. I'm sorry. It's giving me, I mean, not everybody might have seen this film, but it's giving me Serbian film testosterone. Sterone horse. Yeah, the horse yeah. testosterone. I, I thought the exact same thing, the exact same thing. So you actually see a, bu- I don't know if you caught this, but they uh, digitally make his pupils dilate. So you can see. Oh, yeah. There's some sort of effect. Yeah, they because you were saying they make his eyes really bright and big. His eyes are big and blue and mm-hmm. like gigantic, yeah. And then all of a sudden he's just has huge black pupils. So he's led into an empty warehouse where Maya is laying. He's in – I'm pretty sure he's in the Unclouded's room. Oh, yeah. I make a little note about it in a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems to be empty, minus Maya on the floor naked, surrounded by flowers and a row of naked women swaying back and forth, singing behind her. They are humming some sensual tunes. And one of the elder women just walk. She trounces right up to Christian. She disrobes him and Maya spreads her legs. They remind us with a cutscene that Danny is distracted. She is singing and blessing the crops off in the fields. And we come back to what I've so eloquently named the fuck hut. And Christian is now encroaching on Maya. And it's a missionary time, baby. Sorry, before you get Mm -hmm. into this, because I know how much you love this, but I'm just Mm -hmm. wondering. um, I know she's blessing the crops, but I wonder if it actually is secretly happening at the same time because it's a fertility um, ritual instead. Because they cracked an egg. They put in the like chicken. I'm going to caress you so gently. Like you, (laughs) that is so good. I didn't consider or even think about that. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. I could see that. They're like, yeah, come and um, bless our crops because we're hoping things are very fruitful this year. Yeah, yeah. Nudge, nudge. Like, I mean, it could all be intertwined too, though. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it could be like fertility for the soil and for Maya. And for Maya, who's in the behind door number two. (laughs) But okay, one of my favorite things, like you said, legit happens. So Christian is getting on top of Maya. And as she is taking that D from C, she reaches up to a friend in the choir behind her. And this woman gets so stoked for her. Man, she is so down for her girl. She gets down and she clasps her friend's hand and begins singing a solo into Christian's ear, which obviously it startles him. Okay. I die every time. And he kind of is looking at her like, do I keep going? Like, is this part of the process? Is it turning me on or off? (laughs) This whole scene is like a fever dream you're like oh he's gonna do it okay this is happening okay wait like what and you're yeah. just you're you're in there you're in that room you're with those women. well it's that sense of community again everybody's <laughs> like helping out and you know all of the special noises maybe are to heighten the yeah moment. totally because the women start vocalizing with Maya once she starts going and it's like an echo chamber of sex moans and I've got a sound clip we're gonna throw it in right here so this is that little bit i said i was going to (laughs) yeah it is it's so gorgeous it's so just gets you in the mood um totally 
But yeah, they pan over to somebody who I hope isn't in the mood. It's the little <laughs> unclouded boy who's trying to fucking sleep. Who's extra clouded now? He's extra He's clouded. Cloud. He's clouded. <laughs> He's seen somebody get murdered. He's in a corner or like in another room on a little cot, just like kind of in the, in the fetal position. And it's just so disturbing. Everybody's like, oh, he doesn't even understand what's going don't, on. Don't yeah, worry. Don't worry about it. Don't worry Realistic, about it. Realistic. Like they just open up the book. It's just a bunch of pictures of dick. <laughs> It just painted like finger painted angry faces. (laughs) But you know what? You know what? Danny is done blessing the crops, the heart and all of the harvest thing. She gets driven back to the village. She's told that there's a meeting for the queens at Siv's house, but she wants to know what's happening in the building where the moans are coming from. Jamie, let her know what's going on. Well, she's told that it's not for her, but (laughs) she she's like. You could just see it hit her face. She already knows what's happening before she sees what happens. She saw the petals. She knows what's happening. She needs to see it for herself. And this is where I put in the uh, Danny sees and uh, Danny hears something. You can tell she already has an idea of what is going on. And she has the Danny face. Yes. So Danny walks in in mid unison beautiful singing and thrusting Mm. danny sees danny pukes danny leaves the area the women all take danny who is having a very hard time even standing up right now she is just gagging you know that feeling i mean if you've been cheated on you know that yeah your whole world collapses in front of you like the rug has been pulled and the physical the physical feeling in your stomach so the women see And obviously they were probably knowing that she was going to come out upset. So they Mm -hmm. all usher her over to the sleeping quarters where Danny collapses to the ground and begins crying. And the women try to kind of start getting her into like a rhythmic kind of like breathing to calm her down. It's not really helping. She's screaming. She's crying. And they're like, let's let's join in. So they all just in unison. And this moment is probably one of my favorite moments. It's so therapeutic like while I'm watching it I'm like I want that like I want in one of my if I ever have a moment like that where I'm just crying I want somebody to scream in my face back at me it'll be me it'll be me if ever you just want to go out in the woods and scream I'm I'm down I think I need some of that in my life oh 100% so after our little group scream therapy which Mm -hmm. I love and I want to do because I love these people minus the killing part um, maybe one or two Mark, Mark all the way kill him every time yeah we pan back to christian and as the moans and singing along intensify and he's about to reach climax we got grandma coming in the (laughs) rear this lovely elderly (laughs) naked woman comes up and just kind of grabs christian's ass and thrusts it into maya you know she's given him that little extra push And it helps because he comes and once he exits Maya, she holds on to her legs and rocks back and forth for that ultimate maximum sperm action. She wants that baby (laughs) and she can feel the baby already. I love that. And that woman who was holding her hand was 100% her mother. Oh. (laughs) Because she says, mommy, mama, or mother, I can feel the baby. Jamie, I didn't fucking clock that. That is, I mean, it's beautiful and disturbing. Yeah, she was like holding her hand and comforting her at first. Oh, and you want to know what? 
Yeah. Uh, like Christian answered his own question. Is there any problem with incest here? Not with yeah. you around, bud. Don't worry about that. So as he's now finished and as she's kind of rocking back and forth and all the women are just kind of standing around, this is the moment where he's like, uh-oh, this is this is weird. This is fucked up. It's always after, eh? Yeah. It's always after. The guys are like, oh, no, what did I do wrong? But it, during it, he's like having a great time. He's being serenaded by a group of naked ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, I did the oh, bad wait. thing. No, and he does what all of us would do, which is runs out completely naked into the wide open outside <laughs> of the building, cups his balls and dick, and runs. Oh, did you notice? Did you notice what was on his penis? No. A uh, hymen. There was blood. Oh. <laughs> Dip right, it in well. the orange juice, baby. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Christian cups his dick and balls and runs frantically to the closest shelter. As he runs by, he spots a little something that's one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> a black leg a foot in the garden. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's Josh's as he was the only black man in the village. So I'm sure Christian RIP, is having that thought as well. Christian runs to the red hut, opens it up. It's filled with chickens and not only chickens are oh being raised in oh there. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is when we get one of the sexiest moments in the film. Oh. A, a Simon tied up with his lungs splayed out, out of his back and beautiful yellow flowers poked into his eyes. And he is still slightly breathing the lungs that are pulled behind him are filling with air he's alive the chicken that's standing on his body is like hell yeah this is where i shit (laughs) there's probably a few eggs inside of his back inside of his back inside (laughs) of his open rib cage yeah exactly and fun fact this is actually a real ritualized execution method that the vikings used to use called blood eagle what a band name my new exactly. band name, Blood Eagle. Blood Eagle. Spread Blood Eagle. Um, <laughs> in which victims were placed in a prone position, their ribs severed from the spine with a sharp tool, and their lungs pulled through the opening to create a pair of wings. Incredible. The, vic- the victim would supposedly be alive and conscious through the process and not die until sometime after, likely from blood loss. As such, when Christian finds him, Simon is still breathing, though barely, if at all, conscious. As he was a part of the sacrifice, he does die sometime between Christian finding him and the final ritual. Okay. Oh. We won't go too much further than that. So we had our sexy backsplay, our yellow flower eyes, and Christian turns to run the fuck out of there and <gasps> pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a reference to King of the Hill, if any of you understand. And Christian is knocked the fuck out. He can still see. He's still conscious, but Mm -hmm. he's just his body is not working. But don't worry. He's got friends there to help him to close his eyes. So we get to the next scene with Christian's eyes being opened by, what was it? Ula. 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 We love Ula. And before I forget... um, I guess like when I was doing some research, you'll see in this scene, you'll see um, Pele's sister who had hooked up with Mark or whatnot. (laughs) 
you'll see her in the crowd and she's got like bruises and stuff on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might not have actually been Connie screaming. It could have been her getting her ass kicked because apparently she gets in trouble for hooking up with Mark, who was not a astrologically connected person. Yeah. Well, if you remember when they were doing the the dinner and I'm like, randomly, Mark just gets lured away by the girl. She like uh, Paley's sister, whose name I can't remember. But yeah, like good, good find. I remember you said that you found a whole thread on Reddit where people were talking about how that, yeah, she could have been punished for hooking up with an outsider because your mates seem to be chosen for you here. Yes, definitely. So Christian's eyes are opened and we are at the final ceremony. On this, the day of our deity of reciprocity, we gather to give special thanks to our treasured son. As an offering to our father, we will today surrender nine human lives. As Horga takes, so Horga also gives. Thus, for every new blood sacrificed, we will dedicate one of our own. That is, four new bloods. Four from Horga. And one to be chosen by the queen. Nine in all to die and be reborn in the great cycle. The four new bloods have already been supplied. As for our end, we have two already dedicated and two who have volunteered. Ingmar and Ulf. You have brought outside offerings, thus volunteering your own bodies. You will today be joined in harmony with everything. And to Pelle, who has brought new blood and our new May Queen, you will today be honored for your unclouded intuition. And so, for our ninth offering, it is traditional that our fair queen shall choose between a pre-selected new blood and a specially ordained Horga. These are the candidates for the ninth and final offering. We patiently wait your verdict. So Danny's face looks distraught and the scene is cut. 
this insinuates that she's made her decision and that her decision would be Christian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we only have a few, a couple scenes left. Uh, One of them is we have one of the elders teaching the children how to cut open a bear Mm because the bear has now died. I'm sorry, everybody. R.I.P. Bear. We didn't see it. Maybe... Maybe it was an already dead bear and the other one, they just released it because they were like, look, a dead bear was here. I love that storyline. Let's stick with that. Let's stick with that. So we finally get to- We finally get to go into the temple. Yeah. So we finally get to go into the temple. You'll see people are carrying different bodies to go into the temple, the four of their own and the four new blood Mm -hmm. and a very special guest in the middle. And that very special guest would be our boy Christian. Our oh. boy Christian in a beautiful bear suit. A, could you imagine the goo of the guts of the inside of the bear? Like I know that they saved the guts. They, I remember them pouring them in a bucket. But could you just mm-hmm. imagine the feeling? Maybe he doesn't feel it because he got the pocket sand. He got the pocket sand. He, you know, I'm really hoping he doesn't feel anything because shit's about to go awry. Oh, it is. So one of the Hargans are walking around with Mm Q-tips and gently putting inside of everybody's mouth that is willing some goo, which I believe is some kind of a pain reliever. Yeah, sap from a yew tree to feel no pain. The two volunteers are like, heck yes, give me some of that Q-tip sap because uh, we know what's about to happen here. Yeah, the other six are already dead, so Mm -hmm. they're like, whatever. Oh, and what's Mark dressed up as? Our favorite Mark. He's got a jester hat on. Oh, yeah, our jester hat. So again, if you look at the beginning tapestry, you will see a jester who looks a lot like our friend Mark. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have some final last words as everybody is being lifted into there. Everything is being lit on fire on the inside. We mm-hmm. get some beautiful moments between Ulf and uh, Ingmar, Ingmar. Uh, where they kind of just look at each other and smile and then just start screaming in pain because <laughs> they catch on fire. <laughs> I guess that you sapped didn't work too good. <laughs> no, we like as soon as Ulf is is lit up, like... The pain. Torture screams. The torture. And then we get to see that our little friend Christian is also starting to light up. And as this building burns and rages and collapses to the ground and Danny watches, all of the other people amongst her are screaming and convulsing and once again, just feeling the pain of everybody all together. But, you know, I really see this fire as you know uh, cleansing cleansing. Mm -hmm. exactly a new beginning everything's kind of getting to start over everybody's screaming and shaking it off and so everything can kind of start new again now danny we do see for a moment kind of coughing and dragging away but as she's watching everything burn you kind of see a smile start to come on her face and in that moment you could see how she's feeling the cleansing of the fire so yeah it is 
it is just such a bittersweet ending. It's so beautiful. Like in that whole moment it's happening, like there's just this beautiful music happening, Mm -hmm. everybody kind of feeling the pain together to the peaceful moment at the end of Danny smiling as she watches the building collapse to the ground that has her loser fucking ex-boyfriend in it. It's like every little bit of her past every little thing that she's been suppressing, mm-hmm. everything is in that fire and it's lighting. And I mean, she now she's got Pele and now yes. she's got her new fucking family. You know, I always like, whenever I see that scene, I always wonder if like, you know how this is just like a couple day ceremony, if they all just go back to normal after and just like <laughs> are walking around, they go into the city to go to their jobs and shit. And like, what would the conversation be like after? Like, you'd just be like, so um, you live here now. Should we like, cancel your apartment or like should we tell somebody do you want me to get your stuff shipped over here like, like what are the we, conversations yeah, like, like do after? We, yeah do we all live in sweden now do you need to go finish your course back at school Does or she like forget she get married being a normal person and now suddenly she's this weird like swedish person yeah yeah it's just like now i'm part of the village and i'll never yeah. leave yeah it's yeah. true what does what's the follow-up i like to imagine that she just all of that, all of the stories that she would give to everyone else, like she finds her sense of self and yeah, her and Paley live happily ever after. It was just such a beautiful progression at the end. And it's, you know, if you think about the beginning of the movie to the end, the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, Christian had all of the power. You know, Danny had absolutely no power and Christian just used it to gaslight her, to manipulate her, to just, you know, get his own fucking way. Yeah. It's also interesting. All the American guys and stuff like that all just were like pieces of shit. It's all the guys really were pieces of shit in this movie that were main characters except for Pele, if you think about it. Josh was okay, but he was so stuck up in his own like selfishness of wanting to. Oh, yeah. He didn't care about anybody but himself. And I mean, you really. I love the it's the women that are making her feel good I love that it's Mm -hmm. the women that are taking her in and stuff like that like yeah and Pele you know too but I loved that that's what was making her start to smile like she wasn't really smiling over like Pele's conversation she was smiling whenever she was getting to dance with all of the women and like I live for that shit I live for like a bunch of women coming together for sisters yeah, I loved it. And it is such a weird con. It's like such a horrendous ending if you really think about like everybody's scarecrow bodies are being lit up in a beautiful flaming temple like that's been in the background the whole time. Everybody's wondering what it was for. Oh, honey, we learn what it's for. Yeah. Um, Sign she me goes up. From, yeah, she goes from having her upside down Danny like sad pouty frown to then all of a sudden when that smile creeps over her face I'm like girl work like you got it you're good yeah and that end picture of just like the still of her it's just like chef's kiss I love it and chef chef kiss to us because we did it I can't believe we made it through this like guys I we promise you we won't do a two and a half hour movie for a while yeah some shorter things there was a lot to cover in here you know, a lot to like kind of throw in, but I think that we did a good fucking job and I'm proud of us. We did a great job. So speaking of, okay, like just to sum it up, pretend you're rating it IMDb style out of 10. What do you give it? What do you give? I give it a nine. I give it a nine. Yeah. Because I loved it. There's nothing really 
that I would change about it. I would maybe add in some more rituals and like ritualistic deaths because I just want more. There's a couple of questions that I'm left with, which are like, where are all of the other people who are brought there? Like, where did they yes. go? Yeah, What's yeah, yeah. under the blue tarps? Is that like <laughs> protection from the sun for their vegetables? Or like, is it, it they don't have those crops being used yet? So they're mm-hmm. just covering them. So no weeds grow there. Like, what is the blue for? But I mean, and also we have our blue and our yellow colors, right? It's true. So I, at first, I'm like, 10 out of 10 perfect movie but once I learned about the director's cut and what was missing from the movie that we've watched and most likely everybody else has watched is a couple rich I think a nighttime ritual between they were going to sacrifice a kid I'm not going to spoil it for anybody and I don't want to spoil it for myself too much either because I have yet to see it Um, but a little bit more backstory on like what goes down aside from the like main things that we saw as mm-hmm. well as apparently a scene where you really see how poorly Danny and Christian are doing in regards to the relationship. Not that they didn't do a good job of explaining it, but yeah. I think in seeing how we can get to the point that he willingly goes to the the fuck hut to bang Maya, I want to see a little bit more like dissolution of their relationship so I can yeah. really understand where that separation happens at the table because – you know, well, now knowing that there's a director's cut and there's like some scenes that were removed, then mm-hmm. like, yeah, like it does make me curious if there was something that was kind of pivotal that would 100%. have helped us bring it together a little bit more. So I've got um, like a couple only small notes that I made as some stuff that I looked into because... I figured maybe it would be something like you had the colors. I was thinking about names. So my thoughts were that maybe Christian actually represents like the harshness of Christianity and this pagan cult or the pagan Mm -hmm. village uh, are killing, literally killing off Christianity. Uh, It's hinted that that's actually like a joke that the pagans actually killed the Christian. And Danny means God is my judge. Pele means miracle or wonder. And then Danny's family's last name, which they mentioned at the beginning when uh, Danny's leaving the voice mail for her family. Yeah. Uh, the dad is like, you've reached the ardor residence. And ardor in Latin means heat or to burn, mm-hmm. which yeah. I mean, high fire and high gas mask leak, whatever. Like it's just weird little subtle cues in the names that honestly you wouldn't know unless you looked up. So. There are some more facts that we will link you guys to in the show notes. I will make sure that you have that information. Do we want to talk about what everybody should start watching now? So Jamie wanted to do a brand new movie that came out this year to ring in. Last year. Last year, 2022, (laughs) to ring in 2023. Um, And I've never seen it before. So we're going to peep Barbarian. Keith, 
Tess. You take the bedroom, and I'll sleep out here on the couch. Barbarian, such a fun ride. So if you want to follow along with us, get your little asses in gear and get to watching it. You do have to unfortunately rent it unless it might be if you have like Paramount Plus or AMC Plus, it might be. Yeah, it's probably streaming somewhere. Yeah, probably streaming somewhere, but I ended up renting it. It was like a $4.99 rental and it was well worth the money. And I laughed, I cried, I had a great time. And I know you guys will too. And I can't wait for Mel to watch it. Yay! And if there's any horror movies that you think that we should do, feel free to get in touch with us. You can find us on Instagram at Boo Crime Podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll also have our Instagram and socials linked in the show notes where we keep everything. Yeah. So we want to thank you so much for sticking with us throughout this long ride. And we hope you enjoyed the movie as much as we did. We just want to say Happy New Year mm-hmm. and uh, we will see you in exactly week. one week. So boo bye for now. Boobies. <laughs>